Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I'm speaking to founding member of RMK Group, Rebecca Masiera Kaufman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here. And it's an exciting episode because we are talking about how to empower leaders to become better CEOs. Um, let's talk a little bit about what makes a good CEO in the first place. Like, you know, whether it's a startup CEO or like, you know, executive CEO, in your mind, what's like the, what are the key attributes? There's so many key attributes, but one <laughs> I would say is knowing thyself, you know, showing up with self-knowledge is one of the best uh, ways to be authentic and genuine when you're leading others, but there are many authentic ways to lead others. What are two other traits? Let's say top three. So knowing that self is one, what are the other two? I'd say top two for me would be having one foot in the future, very optimistic and visionary with another foot in the present, very much hmm. grounded in the reality. Interesting. So it's kind of like a balancing act. Like, And let's talk a little bit about the future. What would a CEO do to kind of look forward, be a forward thinking CEO? What are some of the things that they can do? You know, keeping a pulse on what's happening in the marketplace with clients, demographics, with the economy, you know, that outward view of the world and gathering a lot of information, reading a lot, listening a lot, a lot of listening. Listening is very important. I know um, Dale Carnegie in his book, um, How to Influence People, How to Gain Friends, one of his biggest thing was listening more than talking because then you learn a lot about people, right? So. Um, I guess this is one of the challenges CEOs face. They're used to always talking in front of people and being public facing. So let's talk about some of the challenges that CEOs face uh, when it comes to creating change within a large organization and how they could overcome those challenges. Sure. I think one of the hardest things is everyone looks to the CEO to have the answers and to make decisions. And of course, that is true at the right point. However, the way the CEO gets to the answer and making those decisions is through a lot of listening, a lot of looking at hardcore data so that things are fact-based, plus combining it with their collective experience of their whole team, depending on the size of that team. So I think um, the making of decisions can often reduce if you will, the humility to listen to others before you make the decision. So I think experienced CEOs know over time to always go back and get the facts, listen, do a lot of, you know, either surveys or roundtables or really good deep dives with people and the external world as well before you make the decision. So it's based on fact. But then at some point you have to make that 80-20 rule decision. You know, you have to make the decision. So I think where sometimes CEOs can get caught up is sort of just staying in decision mode all the time without having had the time to listen and get all the input. That's music to my ears. I, I'm constantly battling with uh, different you know, co-founders, employees or whatnot about, well, I think we should do this and I think we should do that. And a lot of feedback coming through. And uh, I like feedback and data. Uh, I like facts, like you said. But one of the things that my point here is if they'll say, well, I think we should do this. And I'm like, well, that's your opinion. We right. need to, we need to get the actual facts from the market. What is the market telling us they actually want as like a feature in an app or a service? 
So I, I love that. That's really good. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you said surveys and all these different things. Um, you said there's an 80-20 as well. Like these are so many things to unpack here, but let's talk about how a CEO can effectively get feedback from whether it's their employees or the market in a way that is valuable to them and helps them with their decision-making process. Sure. Oh, I mean, this is a whole show. <laughs> I mean, I, I, come, I come hitting hard. Yeah. For market feedback, I, you know, my middle name would be test. So for market feedback, I think you should be testing all the time. A lot of small tests. Um, ideally, you would be testing, if you're testing 10 concepts, nine would fail, one would win, or eight would fail, two would win. And a, and a, the thing you could be testing could be a, a way of marketing. It doesn't have to be the actual product. You could be testing the products. There's so many elements of testing, but to have a really strong testing culture with controls and tests so you know how to quantify the results, I think is great for marketplace. For employees, surveys are very good. And I think you can do a lot with surveys uh, until you get to certain topics, you know, like comp. If you ask someone the question um, about comp, most people say, no, I don't feel paid enough. But I've seen funny survey questions on comp. But there's tons of experts on surveys and they can get you really good results. I love surveys. I, I always try to think of ways to incentivize people to actually fill them out, which is usually like, you know, enter this raffle or win a gift card or, you know, so that's always a tough part is how do you get people to actually fill them out? So um, once sure. you get past, once you get past that, let's say there's a CEO that is managing thousands of employees, which can be really taxing. I mean, most of the people listening or watching today are probably entrepreneurs uh, with a small team. But let's say someone watching or listening does have a, a large team. How do they remain mentally, emotionally, and spiritually grounded? Because, I mean, it's overwhelming, right, doing this. Uh, there's not many people that can have that superpower. So what do you recommend? I recommend they get the book, Fit CEO. Uh, but you, you led me right to that one. Shameless plug. Shameless book. Uh, no. So honestly, it is a tough job. And I think the... The conundrum for all leaders is you're supposed to be strong and you're supposed to be humble. You're supposed mm. to lead and you're supposed to push from behind. You're supposed to make decisions. You're supposed to listen and get all the input. And so one is constantly living in this either duality or I prefer a sliding scale. You're in a sliding scale of where you are in any one of those um, attributes. And so there are, um, I think, a lot of tools that CEOs can use to stay emotionally, spiritually physically, mentally well. And um, some of the things you can do is time, pace, and sequence. And so I do a lot of time blocking. So when I was CEO, time blocking for strategy work. You know, So I might have blocked a day a month just to not have any meetings and do strategy work. Time blocking for every day, literally to grab a glass of water, like make sure you're drinking or um, for taking a walk and seeing the sunshine. So we could go on and on about all the habits, but I think there are just a number of habits to stay fresh and renewed so you don't get so reactive. I think what's hard when you're in CEO jobs and you're running from, you know, you're triple booked every 15 minutes, not to be reactive, but to actually pause, listen, decide, think, answer. So there's um, a lot of tools. I mean, some of them is, are we in this meeting to make a decision or are we in this meeting to brainstorm? Am I walking into a room that someone's giving me input and they're telling me see, there's something that they've done and they've done an 80 page presentation and we have 30 minutes. 
So kind of read the room and I'll say things like, okay, it's a 30 minute meeting. They brought an 80 page deck. Why don't you give me the one page summary so I can right. listen and I can shape without them being super disappointed that they overworked something, you know, later I can give feedback to their manager of, Hey, you ought to prepare them better. You can't bring more than four pages for a half an hour. Right. So many points there. I mean, that's, there's just so much to unpack. Um, I, I kind of want to dig deeper into the top attributes to look for when you build a team around you, because that's kind of one of the hard parts I find personally in all the startups I've ran is finding the competent, intelligent, skilled people that complement my skills. Uh, so like as CEO, I need a good CTO, good VP of marketing, good CMO, um, good, you know, CFO good COO. I need like all these different roles, you know, person in charge of social media, person in charge of content, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you put that team together? Like what are the main attributes? Cause I mean, I know there's a lot of answers that you can give for this one, but I want to know what your thoughts are. I mean, in two words, I'd say attitude and aptitude. So I want someone who's really smart, obviously in certain uh, roles like CFO, I want some very specific experience on the smarts. Um, and then I want great attitude, someone who's can do, uh, willing to do the work, uh, a learner, um, willing to be part of a team or collaborative. So I look for certain attributes on the attitude side that make me clearly aware they're going to work with the group. Um, and I think the, in the aptitude side, sometimes it's experience, sometimes it's actual degrees if they need an accounting degree, but more it's experience as you go through your career. So at the senior levels, it's not about degrees, it's about your experience. I think when someone's newer in the workforce, it's about degrees that tell you they have the competence. But most people I've interviewed have the competence. They don't make it to me without the competence. So then I really spend the bulk of my time on attitude. Are they, um, have they failed? What happened when they failed? I want to understand the resilience in crises because while we say we've gone through these 100-year events, black swan events in 08 and in 2020, they were 12 years apart. So we're going through 100-year events every 10, every 10 years. Right. So, um, you know, that requires a lot of resiliency, COVID, wars, recessions, boom times, so how do people handle that kind of buffeting? That's the kind of senior leadership team I want. Love it. And um, I want you to expand a little bit on something you mentioned in your book, the four major R's and how that applies to being a fit CEO. Well, there's so much around um, rest and recuperate. There's probably a hundred R's. You just pick any one of them, you know, <laughs> uh, rejuvenate, um, relax, um, I want to put an R in front of enjoy, you know, you got to have fun. Right. So there's, there's five sections to the book, but in the rest and relaxation, rejuvenation, replenish, refill the pot, like you can't just run dry. You've got to focus on what we call putting your own oxygen mask on first so that then you can help others. So I think the awareness that self-care as a CEO or as a leader of a business or as an entrepreneur is not selfish. It is critical so that you can then care for everyone else. I love that. And I try to tell people that, you know, in your case, I saw the four R's were reset, renew, rest, and reflect. And 
I do those, but people don't understand. Like when I'm resetting, it means that I'm not answering my phone after 6 p.m. When I'm renewing, it means that I'm taking a walk. Like you mentioned, I'm exercising. I'm trying to get my body back in, into, into place. When I'm resting, I'm really getting a good night's sleep. And when I'm reflecting, I'm doing meditation and yoga. And if I don't do those things, I feel as though I can't function in the capacity that my team needs me to function. So to close things out, I want you to give me a really cool story on a way that you worked with a CEO and you made them a better CEO. I love stories. So give me give me a good one before we close out. <laughs> well, I've had such an honor of working with many CEOs, but I would say it's that self-knowledge. I think I have been able to, with one of my clients, really be um, a reflection for them on themselves in a way they couldn't see. And this CEO is brilliant, um, more of an introvert. Uh, very successful and yet was struggling with all the, the intensity of the execution side of the CEO role. And over time, I would be through the work we did on that reflection, if you will, that last R, um, decided to become executive chairman and hire the CEO, even though he was the founder. And I think that that's a really great breakthrough because not everyone should stay as a CEO of a business they, they start. There is a point when they should be the chief product officer, the you know executive chairman of the board, or the chief innovation officer, but they don't necessarily have to be the chief execution or executive officer because maybe the kind of work as you scale that has more governance and more external focusing activities may not be as energizing as fun. And this person is so happy now that they can go on and do more of the innovation and more of the thinking work than the speaking work. Mm. Oh, that is such a great point. And throughout history, we've seen CEOs, you know, fall from grace. Steve Jobs is a perfect example who then started more companies and using his creativity and innovation and imagination to create more amazing things. And then, of course, get brought back to his original company, Apple. But uh, I think that's a great way to look at it. Now, I want you to tell everybody where they can find out more about you and your book that you keep mentioning. So let's 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 <laughs> let's send everyone to where are they going to find this Thank stuff? Thank you. You can find out more about me uh, both on LinkedIn, but also at my website uh, rmkgroupllc.com, and then the book. You can find out on my website, rmkgroupllc.com, but also at the book website, uh, fitceobook.com. So one word, fitceobook. Love it. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This was awesome. Hope you guys become a fit CEO. Check out our website, rmkgroupllc.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.